Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. As difficult as it may be to accept, nothing is permanent, and businesses often need to change what they do and how they do it. But change can lead to workforce alienation. So, how do you retain your top staff during times of flux? From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. As a change specialist, Esther Dela Cruz says that the reactions to change are individual and biological. So, drawing up a strategy that caters for both can reduce the unease. She starts by describing for Jeff Waters the challenges that businesses face in retaining staff during periods of change. Yeah, it's um, one of the biggest challenges I think um, most large-scale transformation programs face is that human beings experience change in various ways. And even though we see certain consequences being the same, it's very individual as to how a person responds when they go through change. And so creating a bit of a strategy or an approach around how we would uh, prevent that staff engagement to be lost in the process, I believe over the years that it boils down to three different success factors. The first one being being very transparent about your communication. Every person appreciates that Uh, For example, with a restructure, not everything can be shared right up front and there's a right time and a, a right place for the right messaging. But the more open and transparent you can be about what you can and cannot share really helps then to create the second success factor, which is establishing trust. And hopefully the organization already has a really significant level of trust among staff and, and in relation to their leaders. But during a times of change that can deteriorate quite quickly if that communication flow isn't as transparent as it could be. And then the, the third element then that transparent communication and trust will drive is it will optimize teams working together and individuals working together. And the reason why I have that as a third key factor is that when we go through change and we feel really uncomfortable about the unknowns, it actually creates a biological response in our body around uh, the cortisol that it generates, the stress we feel uh, from the unknowns. And cortisol is known to put us in a state of fight and flight or freeze And therefore, that doesn't give us the ability to to collaborate optimally. So we want to really create an environment as leaders that optimizes people to still be able to collaborate, to not have the amounts of stress and cortisol running through their systems to shut down, but really be open to what is happening next. Do you think that a company that's about to go through change needs to factor in the the loss of some valued staff or can that be avoided? That's a great question. I mean, absolutely what you read is people always feel like we just accept that when we go through a merger or when we go through a major organizational restructure or, or even IT system change, we accept that some people are not comfortable and will leave. But I've recently experienced that in an organization that approached very much the people-centric approach and really worked hard on that environment of transparent trust and teamwork. 
And they've actually not had, they had very few people, less than 1% leave after a major merger and uh, an exponential growth of the organization over only a year going from a small startup, 60 people to 300. And so I actually beg to differ that I think it is possible to prevent people from leaving even during transformational change if you create the right environment in which people can thrive through change and feel empowered to be part of it. Mazars is an international audit, tax and advisory firm committed to helping clients confidently build and grow their businesses. Experience a new perspective with Mazars. Visit mazars.com.au. That's M-A-Z-A-R-S dot com dot A-U. How do you mobilise staff to get them supporting the change? What we now learn through neuroscience and positive psychology is that we're all human beings are driven by a sense of purpose and we want to make sense of things. And when change is something that we haven't chosen ourselves, we are seeking to find out what the meaning of it is and what the reason for it is. But very often, particularly in large corporates, we won't spend the time necessarily crafting our why. Why is it that we're doing this and why is it that we're doing this right now? So why is this important for the greater good? If we do do that and when we do do that, we find that we can get people to buy into that and see the purpose of why this change, even though it hurts maybe a little bit and feels really uncomfortable, there's a sense of buy-in, there's a sense of getting behind a greater purpose to achieve an outcome together. And you write that a key is to give staff a voice and to empower them to engage with change. What do you mean by that? Yeah, um, recently I started using the word dialogue a lot because to the earlier point around how we have a biological response to, to stress, such as the unknowns that we face, it also means that we make up stories in our minds. And so when we make up stories in our minds about what the future might look like, so for example, in a restructure, some people might feel like, oh, I'm definitely going to lose my job. They're going to you know, give me the boot. And maybe that won't even eventuate. But because they're already fearful of that, they're making these stories up in their minds and they will be uh, not as productive. They obviously won't be, they will also impact their well-being. And so you want people to find a place of psychological safety where they can express those assumptions they're making in their mind and be able to have a conversation about it and say what is actually real and really happening versus what are the stories that I'm making up in my mind about what could happen. And so uh, a dialogue around change is incredibly important and creating a platform for conversation around change is, is very important to minimize that. You mentioned large corporates before, but for small businesses, Do you think it's a harder or an easier process to maintain your staff during periods of change? Large corporates uh, definitely have the challenge of having a lot of different styles of leadership coming together. And I know there is that tension between how to show up at work very professionally versus being yourself at work. And um, I've been in large corporates a lot, and I now work also with some smaller organizations. And I guess it is definitely easier to be more yourself when you're in a smaller organization where there's less of that 
I don't know if you call it red tape or kind of the, the expectation that you show up really professionally in some sort of different jacket, a uniform, so to speak. But I think there is a real push uh, with a lot of different influencers, such as Simon Sinek and Brene Brown, where there is this push to get leaders to become comfortable with being themselves, even if they work in uh, large corporates, so that they can inspire their staff to also bring their whole self to work. And I think there's great power in that because it creates that increased level of trust and, and that transparency of communication, the dialogue and better collaboration because people are not hiding behind a certain expectation. They're actually bringing themselves to work. Is there any particular advice that you'd give to the smaller business about this? You said that it was easier to be yourself, which is great, but... Have you seen any examples of difficulties or anything specifically related to small business? Yeah, if, if smaller businesses are growing, they might feel the need to be more regimented. Maybe they, they start to think, oh, we should tell people what our dress code is, or we should start to, to have certain expectations about how you show up at work. When actually, I think the power of small business is that it, it still allows for that diversity of thought, that diversity of personality to, to be embraced and, and to be safe, to express yourself and allow for your ideas to be heard. And in corporates, that sometimes becomes a lot more difficult because, of course, uh, from the past, that whole professional kind of look that we want to create in corporate, the expectation that you show up in a certain jacket, it has lost that. And they have to work very hard to now create that again or create that for the future of, of how we work together. Because I think that will motivate staff, that will humanize our workplace and, and will get better results for everyone. So I, I'd say hang on to that. If you're a small business that are growing, don't lose that. The individual qualities, bring those out in people. That was Esther Dela Cruz, Director and Change Specialist. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole Goodman. We'll bring you more B Daily tomorrow. Follow at BE Daily Podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily podcast. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M A Z A R S.com.au.